This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Lucy Watkin. It's Friday the 12th of November. In your Sport Today, Australia are through to the T20 World Cup final. The Socceroos' homecoming ends in a draw. Equal pay for the Maroons and the next gen of tennis stars. This is your Sport Today. There's only one place to start today, and that's with Australia beating Pakistan in the semi-final of the T20 World Cup. They won by five wickets with an over to spare this morning. Lucy, it came down to the wire. Matthew Wade hit three sixes in a row to win the game. And he did it in style, hitting two scoop shots, including the one to win the game. As we said yesterday, only once has a team lost batting second in Dubai this tournament. So captain Aaron Finch won the toss and decided to bowl first. Pakistan made fourth 176 and then dismissed Finch for a golden duck. David Warner looked like he was going to guide Australia to the win, but he was caught behind 449. But replays show he didn't hit the ball. That might have been the turning point in the game, but it came in the 19th over. Australia needed 20 of 10 balls when Wade was dropped in the outfield. He then hit the next three balls for six to win the match. Wade finished with 41 from 17 balls and was named the player of the match. Australia will now play New Zealand in the final. The last time these two teams met in a World Cup final was in the 50 over World Cup in 2015. Australia won that one. That was New Zealand's first 50-over World Cup final and it will be their first T20 World Cup final on Sunday in Dubai. Australia have made the T20 World Cup final once before. That was in 2010. In that tournament, Australia beat Pakistan in the semis with a flurry of sixes. It was way today, but back then it was Mike Hussey. The men's T20 World Cup is the only trophy missing in Australia's captain and Finch says his team is playing some really good cricket late in the competition. Bring it on, Lucy. I know we're unbiased here but bring on the match. Uh, the match will be played at 1am Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Monday morning. Cricket fans, set your alarm clocks now and you can watch it on KO Sports. Today's trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate. Who leads the head-to-head in T20 matches between Australia and New Zealand? You got a clue for us, Luce? Well, they've played 14 times and one match has been a tie. Mm, right, so there is a winner in this head-to-head battle. Uh, find out the answer at the end of the show. Back home, the Socceroos played Saudi Arabia last night in Western Sydney in a World Cup qualifying match. It was bucketing down all night and the match finished in a nil-all draw. But the big talking point is the injury to a key Aussie player. Yeah, that would be Harry Souter. With about 15 minutes to go, his knee buckled and he was stretched off the ground. Aussie coach Graham Arnold said it was a very serious injury and that he was devastated for Souter. Arnold said it is a big blow for the Socceroos because he believes Souter is the best centre-back in Asia. It was the first match on home soil for the Socceroos in 763 days and more than 23,000 fans were at the match despite the rain. The draw means Australia stay in second in their group, three points behind Saudi Arabia and one point ahead of Japan. The top two will go on to the World Cup and there are five matches left. Yep, and their next match is against China in the UAE on Wednesday morning. The World Cup starts on November 21 next year. That's just eight days after the Premier League goes on break. They announced their schedule this morning. I'll put a link in the episode notes for you to check it out. 
Next year's Women's State of Origin match will be played on June 24. And for the first time, Queensland's women's players will be earning the same as the men. Yeah, this move by Queensland Rugby League will see the Maroons women's players earn $15,000 each, the same as the men's players. Women's captain Ali Briganshaw says the deal takes the pressure off being away from their families and jobs while they're off playing footy. QRL Chief Executive Rowan Sawyer says the move to equal pay is about creating a career pathway for women wanting to play rugby league and for Queensland. Equal pay is a big topic in global sport. Wimbledon was the last tennis major to offer the same prize money for men and women in 2007, and in golf there is still a large gap between the men's and women's tours. For example, this year's men's US Open winner took home $2.25 million, while the women's champion won $1 million. Yeah, in New South Wales, pro surfers Steph Gilmore and Mick Fanning are behind the Equal Pay for Equal Play petition. That aims to change how financial aid is given out to sports bodies. They want grants awarded only to organisations and clubs that will offer equal prize money and facilities for men and women who compete in the same competitions. I've put a link in the show notes if you want to read more about it. We've got a little bit more cricket news now because yesterday, Australia's chairman of selectors, George Bailey, he confirmed Victoria's Marcus Harris will open the batting in the Ashes. We weren't expecting this news until early next month after Australia's intra-squad game, so it's come as a little bit of a surprise. Harris was the opener in Australia's last test match in January. He came in for the injured Will Pukowski, but Pukowski will miss the first test because he's still recovering from concussion. So yesterday on radio, Bailey said Harris will be David Warner's opening partner. Bailey said the selectors have been impressed by Harris's consistency for Victoria and in England, and they said they want to give him an extended run in the team. Harris averages 23 in tests, but 40 at the level below. Bailey said the number five spot is open with players like Travis Head, Usman Khawaja and Mitch Marsh considered to be the main contenders. Australia's selectors are set to name an extended Ashes squad in the coming days. That's after the World Cup final, before that intra-squad game takes place in Brisbane from December the 1st. Football fans will be across the story of Paris Saint-Germain player Aminata Diallo. She's been taken into custody by French police for questioning following an assault on one of her teammates, Cara Amory. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack with this one, Sam, and not dissimilar to Tonya Harding in the 1990s. French daily sports newspaper Le Equipe reports that Diallo and Amory are competing midfielders for French football club PSG, and last week they were at an event in Paris. Diallo gave Amory a lift home. As they got close to Amory's house, two masked men dragged Amory out of the passenger side and assaulted her with metal bars, mainly hitting her legs. Diallo was reportedly restrained but unharmed. Amachi didn't play in PSG's Champions League match this Tuesday. She was in fact replaced by Diallo. Police confirmed Diallo's arrest was in relation to the assault but wouldn't comment any further. PSG said they condemn in the strongest possible terms the violence that's been committed and will wait and see what comes of the investigation. Let's go to Italy now, where some of the best young men's tennis players are competing in the next-gen ATP finals. Carlos Alcaraz from Spain is undefeated, and this week he won a point that's been called the point of the year. Yeah, I've watched this one so many times, and I still can't believe <laughs> that Alcaraz won the point. Me he was neither. playing American Brandon Nakashima in his final group match, and in the second set, the players had this 12-point rally that covered the entire court. It ended with Alcaraz pulling off a re- 
reflex slice that just cleared the net. That doesn't do it justice, but the crowd and the commentators went wild. The next-gen finals are a bit different from a regular tournament. Only players under 21 can compete. There's on-court coaching and no Lions people. The scoring is the biggest change. It's first of four games and a tie break at three all. There's no advantage, so the next point after Deuce wins the game and it's best of three sets. Luce, I reckon I've watched that video at least a dozen times and I've put a link to it, of course, in the episode notes. All right, time for Catch This, the stuff that caught our eye what's coming up. And Luce, what are you watching this weekend? The Wallabies are playing at 4.30am Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Sunday. They're taking on England at Twickenham and Curtly Beale has been named at fullback, so it could be worth getting up for. Yep, Bill's first game in a couple of years. Uh, set your alarm clocks for that one too. Uh, as for today's trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate, who leads the head-to-head in T20 internationals between Australia and New Zealand? Lucy, you said there was one tie, so 13 matches with a result. Who leads it? Australia, 9-4. to four. Australia, 9-4, to four, looking for that 10th win on Monday morning. Um, all right, that's it for us this week on Sport Today. Enjoy your weekend of sport, and we'll catch you on Monday. Okay.